You're listening to the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, the official Star Wars Rebels discussion podcast of StarWarsReport.com. Join us each week as we discuss each new episode. We want to hear what you think of this new Star Wars series. Send us an email or an MP3 at RebelsRoundtable at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RebelsRoundtable, on Twitter at RebelsRound, or on our website, RebelsRoundtable.com. It's a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. So strap yourselves in, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to the original Rebels Roundtable, the official podcast of the Star Wars Report covering all things Rebels animated series. I'm Jonathan, and tonight we're going to be discussing Brothers of the Broken Horn, the fourth episode of Season 2. And joining me to discuss this, we have Barrent. Hey everybody, it's Barrett. It's good to be back. Let's talk some Rebels, guys. We got uh, one of our favorite characters back, or one of my favorite characters back, so I'm excited to get into it. Mark? Hey, how we doing? And the professor himself, Nathan P. Butler. Hey folks, so many opinions to give, so many of them true. So yes, as Barrett alluded to, we have another old friend from the Clone Wars coming back, Hondo. And I have to say I am pleased to see Hondo back, but they are really dipping into the Clone Wars well, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It was so good to see Hondo back. He didn't look so well, did he? He looked like he lost a few pounds and maybe a few feathers along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are really dipping. But again, the fine line that they're walking between... Clone Wars 2.0, is you've dubbed it, the show, that I don't mind them bringing these characters back. And I, like I said, I'm sure we'll get into it, but so far they haven't had a misstep, in my opinion. Yeah, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, they had mentioned that, and someone had asked about Cad Bane showing up, and Filoni was quick to say, you know, we don't want this to become the Clone Wars retirement home. Uh, so they're, they're definitely watching that thin line. So I, I think as people feel that it's Clone Wars Volume 2.0, we'll quickly start to move away from that as the season moves on. Oh, man, give me Cad Bane, though. I mean, there's so many more characters that we don't want to see. But yeah, we want to see Cad Bane. Yeah, Cad Boba. Well, not everybody wants to see Boba, but Cad definitely. You know, I think I'm starting to disagree. I I mean, I loved seeing Hondo back. I think his character design was kind of ridiculous looking, but I love seeing Hondo back. This was a fun episode, probably the most fun we've had all season, I think. If not the best since the beginning of the season, not counting Siege of Lothal, then certainly right up there. When you start to really think about the episode, some parts of it start to not make sense and kind of fall apart. But it's a fun ride the first time through. But I gotta say, I think that they have finally tipped the scales. I think that the are they going Clone Wars 2.0 or not balance has now shifted in the yes favor. Because if you think about this season, what have we had? Four episodes. And only one of those episodes has not been primarily focused around a Clone Wars character. It's either Rex and the clones or it's Hondo. Ahsoka factoring into a big part if we want to even add Siege of Lothal into there. So right now, just for the four regular episodes this season, they're at 75% Clone Wars character focus, 25% not. I like that they're bringing the characters in, but they need to be part of the tapestry of the whole thing, not constantly the focus as like a special guest star episode after episode after episode. Otherwise, they're going to earn the 2.0 brand. See, I think Hondo was used well in this case because... I think he could have used any pirate, but I think he just happened to be the perfect choice. You know, a pirate who's dealt with Jedi, who can deal with what Ezra's going through. I, I thought this episode really did a lot for Ezra's character. You know, you know, Nathan, we talk on Facebook about watching characters grow in some shows like The Walking Dead, where it's kind of grown stale. And, and this one, I've really felt like they did a lot for Ezra, especially by the time they get to the end and Kanan and Ezra are having their little chat and stuff. But to see... You know, the way he's looking at things differently by the end of the episode, I thought it was a great place to leave that character. I'm going to have to disagree there. We'll get into it as we go through here, but I think that they managed to make Ezra look stupid a couple of times and to give him a conflict at the beginning that is in no way resolved at the end because what he says at the end has no relation to what he was going through at the beginning. And while I agree they could have used any pirate for this, if it was anybody but Hondo, I don't think this episode would have existed. 
This was a vehicle to bring Hondo back. You know, Mark, to what you said, I think I'm going to have to disagree as well. I don't necessarily feel that this is a furthering of the Ezra character. If anything, I felt like he regressed. We have seen the first couple episodes of this season and the last few episodes of last season where Ezra had gotten past this. He wasn't the egotistical loner anymore. He was part of the greater group. He had invested in that and invested in the rebellion. And here at one point, he's actually thinking about joining Hondo as a pirate. And I just felt like this was really out of place. It didn't make sense. Felt did in the aspect of, you know, now we're seeing him get frustrated with the training of being a soldier, the training of the Jedi, whereas before it was his place on the ghost. So to have him kind of come back to that, like, I don't know, I remember when I was a teenager, there were a lot of lessons that I wish I would have learned the first 25 times that when I was watching Jason Solo and Legends do the same thing over and over again, I was like, yeah, I remember being that stupid once. But it's not just making the same mistakes in this case. We have never, ever heard from Ezra after he committed to learning the Jedi ways, ever think that maybe that's not what he wanted to do. And here he's throwing it around like, all of a sudden, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking a Jedi isn't the way to go. And I was actually discussing this, of all people, with my kids, and they kind of said, well, maybe he's afraid to be a Jedi now because he knows that there are more Inquisitors out there after him. Mm-hmm. And they even say that. He says, you know, you know Inquisitors don't follow after pirates, do they? It seems like it's the pressure built up of Rex apparently now taking it upon himself to train Ezra to be a soldier, which is new, and him trying to be trained as a Jedi, the pressure eventually getting to him where he just he's just kind of boiling over. I don't think that that, to me, was as big an issue. It does seem a little bit of a regression that he'd say something like, I'm not sure I want to be either, or whatever it was that he said. But to be... Someone who sort of wants to get away and for at least a little bit thinks, you know what, maybe life would be easier in this other situation to get away from the responsibilities. I could see a teenager going through that. Absolutely. What I'm concerned about is stupid stuff like I'm just going to steal the Phantom and fly off without telling anybody where I'm going or what I'm doing. Why not? (laughs) I'm going to get aboard the ship and not pay attention to where Chopper is right behind me, so when the door closes, it takes me a few minutes to figure out that Chopper's not there. There are so many instances of him just being stupid. It's like he's dumb at the beginning, decent in the middle, and then at the end, he's dumb enough to get conned or conversated, conversed, (laughs) into, yes, I'll be part of your crew, and then realize, wait, did I just join the crew? It's like all of his intelligence is boiled into the middle of the episode, and it's completely gone at the beginning and the end, and he's back to being a character driven more by emotion than smarts. See, I'm surprised Hera didn't say at the end, you know, and you can thank Ezra for the generators, and you are going to owe me for what you did to my ship. (laughs) You are grounded, mister! You cannot take the car out without permission. I mean, I did similar once with my dad's pickup truck. I brought it home. It was late at night. And as I pulled into the garage, I accidentally kind of took a fender and hit my dad's state rig. So I hit two of our cars at once. I mean, that's how I felt when Ezra was trying to take the Phantom out of the ghost. And he didn't quite disengage it. I'm like, oh my God, Harry's going to kick his butt. So let's get into the episode itself. It opens up with... Rex training Ezra or trying to train Ezra to shoot better. And for a target, they have Chopper with a Stormtrooper helmet going back and forth between boxes. And I was just saying, you know, it's a good thing that Ezra's a really bad shot. Otherwise, he could have killed Chopper. Well, it's okay to drop him, we learned. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You, You know, I like the scene because it gives Rex a moment but it did have me going, where's Wolf and Gregor? I mean, did I miss something in the last three episodes that they established where they went? Because it seems like Rex has found himself a bunk on the ghost, but the other two <laughs> haven't. I never thought that they came with him. I thought it was just Rex that left the planet and that Wolf and Gregor stayed. Oh, well, I'll have to watch that again. Did Wolf and Gregor come up? Yeah, because at the end of that episode, it's all three of them when he hugs Ahsoka. No, no, is go back just, and look. It's so just it is. Rex. So they don't explain where they at. You know, they don't explain what planet are they on as well. It looks a lot like Coruscant, doesn't it? Yeah, it does at times. Well, the planet that they're on, the city planet, is Garel from back in Droids in Distress. They also wind up on Nixus. I believe that's that ice 
world, and they refer to Rin as the place that needs the generators. So they're kind of slowly but surely giving us more never-before-heard-of planets and such within this series. They're also giving us lots of new little details. I I was noticing so many more details this week on the Phantom and the Ghost itself. Like when Chopper and Ezra go out and they're doing the work on the outside of it, you see all the TIE fighter uh, little kills. You see some signals down low and stuff, as well as battle damage that's kind of come over the ship. I've been really paying attention to that last three episodes especially. Like they've really done a good job of making it look almost live action at times. And this episode, it was one of the first shots where it's still sitting in the hangar and you get the overview and you could see uh, Rex teaching Ezra down below. But that shot where you see in the ghost and it's got all the dirt and stuff, man, I am at the point now where I almost want to see a whole episode where we just see the ships like in a giant battle. Like it's just so beautiful. I have to agree with you, Mark. I think that they're upgrading everything. You know, in the Clone Wars, we saw them upgrade the character models, but it was usually, I think, as we discussed, sort of a jarring change. But each of these character models and ship models and everything else seems to be evolving. I mean, I noticed things on Ezra's costume that I hadn't noticed before, even his little sort of pseudo holster for his blaster lightsaber hybrid. Mm-hmm. So even though they're on Garel, it looks like they're still in contact with the main force of the rebellion. And they find out that they've got to find some generators to help these people that are going to freeze to death if they don't have them. And so the main group goes off to look in the black market for these generators. And Ezra is left at home to clean the ship. So one of the things that I've noticed right off the bat here in this episode, and we've kind of discussed it in the last couple shows, is what is Chopper talking about? Okay, now when Chopper first laughs at Ezra and Hera tells Chopper that, no, 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 I don't know what you're laughing at. You got to help clean, too. I could swear that Chopper is being a potty mouth. Definitely being a potty mouth. In fact, I started counting throughout the episode how many times that I definitely thought Chopper was using profanity, you know. And it's funny. I mean, it's the the in, the incantation, intonation. Yes, the tone of his beeps are very familiar with cuss words. I've said, I say on a daily basis sometimes, and. <laughs> I wanted to know if you guys thought about that, that, you know, because they're always saying that, you know, you see the memes that R2-D2 was the dirtiest character alive. All of his words were beeped. I think that they've kind of taken that to heart with Chopper. And I think that's probably a running gag going on in the office, or I would hope to think so, because it really sounds like he's cussing. Yeah, Chopper is definitely the college student, uh, the sophomoric humor curmudgeon of the group. And I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a part of me that thinks it was brilliant to make it where you can almost hear what he's saying. And yet he's still the classic R2 and BB-8 whistle and chimes. He's the Kenny of Rebels. Oh, that what we need then now is at the beginning with the dun, 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 at some point he needs to do some kind of little singing like Kenny does. Because when I found out what Kenny said for most of the beginnings of those South Park episodes, it certainly changed how I felt about those beginnings. So while Ezra and Chopper are doing the maintenance on the ghost, they get a call from Visago or is it? No, it's not from Visago. It's from Visago's ship, the Broken Horn. Yeah, Ezra thinks it's from Visago at the time, and we don't find out until he actually docks with the ship what's really going on. And I think they played that really well. I mean, there were like two or three times throughout the episode I thought I knew what was going on, especially once Hondo finally arrives and, and the banter between Ezra and Hondo. But when they finally get on the ship, the one thing that really bothered me was as Ezra and Chopper are walking through, the door shuts in Chopper's face. And I'm thinking to myself... Did Hondo do that? I mean, it's got to be Hondo, yet everything throughout the rest of the episode gives no inclination that Hondo had any idea they were actually on the ship. So I'm like, okay, clearly that's got to be a plot-moving device. And I don't know. I, I got kind of hung up on that. 
I don't know if you well, guys yeah. did. Maybe Ezra did it unconsciously through the Force, because not only does Hondo not seem to realize it happened, Ezra doesn't seem to realize it happened, and he's like a foot at most in front of Chopper when the door closes. It almost cuts off his heels and the little front of Chopper when that door closes. And yet, he's oblivious. You know, it's almost like some Disney suit executive said, okay, that's enough with Chopper. Cut him off. <laughs> you know, like, like you cut the drunk off. Cut him off. That's enough. And <laughs> let's go on with the story. But it's a plot device, Mark. I think you're dead on because because he's separated from Ezra. He goes and he finds the generators in the hold. Yeah, I mean it, it worked out perfect in that regard, and I was just, that's where I kept getting to too because it was like, well, maybe it's Hondo, but everything Hondo said, I'm like, ah, okay, it's got to be the plot. So Ezra does make his way to the bridge, and there's this music playing, and. Nathan, I know you're rewatching all the old Clone Wars episodes. Is this the same music from when Obi-Wan and Anakin were in that bar or at Hondo's base? I think it is, or at least it's in the same vein. But I try to block that out because remember, that's the episode that when it transitioned, the only way to make sense of it was the webcomic because they didn't get drugged and then somehow did get drugged. And now the webcomic's not canon and... It just doesn't make any freaking sense anymore. So I try very hard to block out Dooku Captured and Gungan General. Well, okay. Ezra explains it perfectly. Well, yeah, I guess that could happen. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> Be not concerned with how. I, I got to admit, there was a lot of really good dialogue in this. And, and most of it was Ezra's. Most Ezra's. of it was Hondo. Oh, it's Hondo. See, I, no, Hondo I... just awesome in, in and of himself, aside from the character model. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Let's talk character. about that, the character how, model. What do we how, think of this new look? How bad did he look? I mean, he uh, Hondo, man. When we last time we saw Hondo, right? He had kind of taken Boba Fett under his wing. He had at least he had Boba Fett's ship that had crashed, you know. So, we had this thing, what is Hondo going to do? Are we going to find out that that Hondo is the reason that Boba Fett is the bad bounty hunter that he is in the galaxy today and and how did boba fett get his shit back and stuff like this honda's a honda's a bum he's a bum he looks like a crack fiend he certainly he, does he let himself go and i can imagine him being in one of those uh is it it's not red bull whichever it was uh the dave Chappelle thing with the the, the drugs you know he, he's <laughs> yes. like hondo is gonna look like that with those weird horns that are somehow they went from being small on his face at the age we last saw him, and now they're incredibly long and he's never trimmed them or whatever you're supposed to do with them. He looks like he should be sitting in the side, like, scratching at himself, fiending for another fix of something. He almost looks like he's got a facelift because he has less wrinkles. Maybe it's because he's not in the <laughs> desert anymore. But he looks younger than he did. Maybe that's the spice that he's smoking. But he kind of looks like a broke-down pod racer character kind of thing. With the with the, uh, He just doesn't look like the regal... Hondo. Last time we saw him, he was Jack Sparrow. Now he's yeah. like we, Jack Tripper. We don't know how Weequay age. I oh, think badly. That, Benjamin <laughs> Button. But the thing is, is like he, the horns on his face had all elongated. Maybe that's the Weequay equivalent of a beard. Yeah, that was. Well, see, I always thought they were bones. So having them long like that, like, kind of made sense. But they didn't look the same as the way they were before but it, it's the same as with ahsoka though like what you would imagine her tendrils to look like as she was aged isn't what you get in rebels but to, to address something that baron had said about fett feloni had mentioned at star wars celebration anaheim that uh, cad bane actually finishes fett's training they showed uh, a little bit of clips and stuff but fett and Django or uh, cad and Django had grown together and were, were like the number one and number two and it was always back and forth as to who was the best and when Django died cad wanted to know how that equation would end and so he took it on himself to finish boba's training i would love to have saw that as an actual episode but he did mention that at the star wars celebration so we do know that but i was curious about the quacky monkey lizard i was like you know where'd that go where did the penny coat that he had i wasn't a fan at all of the new helmet the new flight jacket that he had it just didn't work for me. And I love the character. And I love the way the character was played. Well, wait, wait, wait. We, we the, know what happened to the monkey lizard. Dude. The monkey lizard ate it with the rest of his crew. Oh. 
Possibly. I was I was thinking more just, you know, if the monkey lizard's like a dog, then they don't live as long as humans or presumably as long as we Quay do. But you know where yeah. the coat went. He sold it for crack. <laughs> Spice. This has turned into a different sort of podcast. <laughs> Hasn't it, though? But I, I will say that as weird as he looked, he was in rare form with the humor. I was cracking up throughout this episode in a way that I haven't in quite a while with Rebels. I mean, Rebels has gone more dark and serious recently, but, I mean, the, let's not bring your wife into this line. You know, so many truths or so many stories to tell, however many of them true or however it is that he says it. He's got this bit about, you know, I'm rich, I'm dead, and just... <laughs> He has so many moments, in fact, although there was a couple times that I really felt like I was hearing Genie from Aladdin, which was even weirder with Ezra standing right next to him. But, I mean, this was Hondo in rare comedic form, and it almost makes me forgive how weird he wound up looking. I mean, if he's supposed to be coming back over and over again as a recurring character, I would have expected him to have sort of a stronger look to him in terms of design. But if this really is meant to be, he's just the washed up old bum and now he's walking off into the sunset, which I doubt, then it kind of makes sense for him to just be the washed out old bum walking off into the sunset in his look. But man, he was spot on with the humor this time. It even made me forgive As Morrigan being back because even that worked with the interaction of, you know, your business plan is sound. I mean, he even made As Morrigan decent. <laughs> oh, that was one. I couldn't believe they brought As Morrigan back. I mean, again, we have to refer back to the Puffer Pig episode. <laughs> which which falls into the Ezra doing something stupid. What is your name? Uh, Lando Calrissian. Pick any name, homeboy. Any name. But <laughs> let's not name someone that they might conceivably know if they're in scoundrel circles. Well, here it comes around that... Again, we thought the Puffer Pig episode wasn't going to fit into anything. Here it is right here. This is where he recognizes Ezra. He says it, you know, on the Calrissian farm, you know. And I find it very interesting that Hondo doesn't know that he's not Calrissian. And I thought when he first says his name is Calrissian, he Ezra says he's Calrissian, and Hondo looks like, oh, you know, and he, I thought he was playing it off. But, like, is Hondo... It, it's just sad. It's just sad with Hondo. I mean, he still got it. He still got it up top. That's why. Why is? How come he didn't get another crew? He's obviously. I don't know. They never really explained how Hondo is where he's at and why he's so. It, it's like a sad clown. Remember, Hondo never really inspired the loyalty of his followers. I mean, a bunch of them were trying to. What was it? Kind of overthrow him or. or Double yeah. cross him, especially when, you know, the, uh, what was it, the Gungan general episode? Well, no, he says that the Empire broke up the gang. I don't know exactly how he says it, but there's a point at which he points out that the Empire is part of the reason why his pirate gang is gone. As for him not recognizing that Ezra isn't Lando, I kind of feel like this was him just being Hondo and being that sly, I'm just going to lie and say whatever is necessary to make this work. So if Ezra wants to say he's Lando, fine. Don't call him on it. Work him into your confidence and such. Uh, remember, Hondo is to lying in Star Wars as Hillary Clinton is in the real world. Except, well, no, no. I guess it'd have to be Bill because, you know, he was actually slick about it. Well, you almost have to wonder if Hondo was taken down by the Empire because, as he says, he was a Jedi sympathizer. Because the Empire is known, at least the, the books are portraying it, that if you're a pirate, well, hey, we'll work with you all day long. But if you're a known Jedi sympathizer, well, then we're going to shut you down. That would actually make some sense. But, Nathan, the line uh, you were talking about that he had, he was talking to As Morgan, and I kid you not, I spit water everywhere when he said it. Uh, As Morgan had made a comment about how he doesn't deal with washed-up old relics, and he doesn't even miss a beat. Hunter's like, come now, let's leave your wife out of this. There is no need for such impriority amongst thieves. I, dude, as soon as he said, leave your wife out of this, I would just all over. My son started laughing at me so hard because it was all over me. I could not keep it in. I almost choked. I was, <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, he's on rare form. And the, I'm rich, I'm dead. I'm pretty sure that's an homage to the movie Catch 22 when the guy rides the bomb down or whatever movie that was. Just kind of to, to tie what you just said back into the whole idea of the, the Jedi sympathizer and whatnot. I think it was very telling about the character and kind of something that I think we sort of came to respect about Hondo 
particularly when he was bringing the weapons in on Onderon back in that arc, I guess in season five, back in the Clone Wars. And it's that line where he basically says, you know, one of my best friends was a Jedi. I think we were friends. And you know he's referring to Obi-Wan. And it's just mm-hmm. sort of, that's who Hondo is to a T. There was that begrudging respect. It's almost, in some respects, you know, kind of dial down the antagonism, a lot of like what was going on with Obi-Wan and Asajj. And they, they had built up that respect as rivals or as adversaries in certain situations until eventually that begrudging respect became actual respect and they could trust each other on some level here. That, to me, spoke volumes about the character of Hondo, of sort of whether or not he is just still that slimy pirate, or if this is someone who, in his later years, he's really still kind of carrying some measure of humanity is not the word for, but some measure of decency to go along with all of his scheming. He, in a lot of ways, is a lot like Lando, though I'm sure neither would ever admit it to each other. On a side note, they also did that recently. If you're interested in seeing sort of inside Han Solo's head during A New Hope and how canon is portraying him very differently in terms of the way that he looked at the situation of the Rebels and at what point he starts to change his mind about sticking around and and the sense of honor and whatnot. The recent book by Alexandra Bracken, it's called uh, The Princess, the Scoundrel, and the Farm Boy. It's a young reader adaptation of A New Hope. It is the first A New Hope novelization we've gotten that's new in a very long time. does a really good job of doing that, too, if you like the whole motivations thing like I do. I just read that. I couldn't agree with you more. I thought that was a very interesting look into the mindset. But back to the episode. Ezra really is gullible, isn't he? I think Visago says that later, but Ezra just kind of goes along with what Hondo is doing. I know he wants the generators, but he just buys it. And he just takes off to wherever Hondo is going with no idea. And you know that Hera, Kanan, and the rest have got to be like realizing that he's gone. But is he gullible, though? Because he he does it, I guess that could be true, kind of moment where you know he's not at least fully buying what Hondo's selling. A couple times when Hondo talks about, you know, you should join my crew or we should be partners or whatever, he's like, but we're not. And he says stuff like that. He does get kind of dumb later on and got his dumb moments at the beginning. But right there in the middle, he's doing that. He's... He's sort of keeping an eye on what Hondo's doing. He even swipes the little remote for the IGRM droids and hands it off to Chopper so that not only does he have it, but he's keeping it from being something he could find on his person if Hondo were to realize that it was gone. It seems to me like Ezra never really trusted Hondo. It's more to sort of a, well, he's by himself. He's got to get through this somehow. He's going to follow along with the plan, but he's going to make sure that he gets what he needs out of it too. I didn't see him as gullible, per se. If there's anybody that's gullible, it's Visago. Hey, you owe me on this enormous thing about the whole, hey, let's go find the Jedi. And yeah, because I just helped you get your ship back, that's even. Or maybe we're the audience that's gullible because that bu- that's something that stood out to me with this episode, looking back on it. They set that up and it was such an opportunity for some real bad things that could happen for the crew. And maybe it still could with Visago knowing, but that favor he was owed... This is where it comes in? This is how they resolve it? That's not very dramatic. No, I agree with you. But, you know, when Ezra encounters Visago later in the episode, he's honestly really surprised that he's there. And that one, that one rang very false to me. Barrett, what about you? It's almost like Visago was an afterthought in this episode. And I'm still not kind of clear on what really happened. Did Hondo Jack... Visago's ship by himself? Did he have a crew at one point? Did he really win at Sabacc? I, I don't understand what happened. All I know is Visago needed help, and now they're square, right? Pretty much. Well, I mean, what he says is that Hondo stunned him from behind. So apparently they were together, presumably, on the ship. Maybe they were going to do this deal, you know, with As Morgan together. Because Hondo seems to know a lot about what, you know, that what's going on and, you know, where to meet him. And Hondo, I guess, double-crossed him, stunned him, threw him in the brig. And what's actually surprising is that he didn't kill him, given how easily he kills somebody later in the episode. But then he, I, I almost take that there was some sort of firefight on the ship, or there was some sort of scuffle, maybe with the droids, because... Hondo is trying to repair damage, and there are things sparking on that bridge when Ezra first encounters him. 
And Hondo makes the comment that he doesn't work with droids when he kicks Chopper out of the Phantom. I mean, that was one of the other moments where I thought for sure they were going to let him take off and Ezra was going to have to explain how he lost the ship. I was like, oh, no, no, not the combo ship. That's the coolest ship ever. You know, they had the instance of, remember, Visago didn't know how it was that Hondo was able to take out his droids, which makes me think that that must have happened either right before or right after the stunning, so he wouldn't have had a chance to try to figure it out. But it does suggest that maybe Hondo was around Visago long enough to know how to make that happen, to either build or acquire the little remote device. If nothing else, I mean, that's a pretty specific device. Since it doesn't seem like there were restraining bolts or anything, it's a very specific device to turn off a very specific type of droid if Visago wasn't either a partner or a target at some point. And it certainly seems more like a target than a partner, given the fact that apparently he didn't know about the remote. To Mark's comment about going back with the Phantom, though, I was okay with it, but that was a very pat kind of ending, wasn't it? It was just the, oh no, he's escaping, what's gonna happen, choppers with Hondo, oh. Yeah, it was just on autopilot, and somehow Hondo couldn't disable it, and it just took him right back, and Hondo had to kind of talk out of his butt to get out of the situation. I love his, well, that's one version of events, yes. But, well, that was a pretty pat way to to wrap up the last couple of minutes without having to actually do anything to get the Phantom back. But I went through three different emotions there. When Hondo took the Phantom, I'm like, oh my god, he stole it. And then when Ezra and Chopper get there and you hear him inside, I'm like, oh my god, he's selling it to them! And then, I, you know, you get in and you realize, oh no, Chopper put it on autopilot. You're like, oh, wah, wah, wah. Okay. But that, I thought, was one of the more clever parts of it because I just fell for every one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing uh, about Hondo, you know, the way I was looking at that scene was that Hondo must have come up with that device beforehand and did like what he did with Ezra, you know, talked Visago into thinking they were partnering up because the two droids inside the cockpit seemed to have been turning towards where Visago was sitting if he was the pilot. So I could see Hondo pulling out the gun and hitting that button and then tasing him at the same time, you know, doing a double cross because when he double crossed Ezra, he did it kind of slick. He's like, I'll be seeing you. And then just drops softly through the hatch. I'm like, wait, what? What was the line? You know, I'll make sure you're half as wisely invested or whatever it is that he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. His lines. Okay, his lines were definitely the Robin Williams of the entire production. You know, I mean, he had the best ones, but I did get a kick out of a lot of Ezra's little back and forth banter, especially when he's like, did I just join his crew? Like, (laughs) yeah, you did. (laughs) You're so stupid. See, we had to get a Cooney in there somewhere. You guys ever notice that as Morgan kind of looks like he's the Goonies chunk version of Yoda's species? Are <laughs> <laughs> you guys? Give me my money. I don't know why I was pretty excited to see him. I mean, they had the music, the dun dun dun, you know, like guess who it is, and it ended up being him. I mean, he's kind of a likable bad guy. He's kind of a businessman. You know, not really a bad guy. You know, he's just trying to do business and he has to do business the way <laughs> Star Wars universe. He's not really a bad guy. <laughs> Barrett, your frame of reference for legitimate business versus bad guy. Is it maybe a a context thing? Is it maybe it's a West Coast thing versus he does East live in Coast? LA. Yeah, because it, maybe it's an L.A. thing, but. I don't think of legitimate businessman and think of like the wire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you guys a question about as Morgan. Was he planning to double cross Visago because he has all those guys, his henchmen like stashed and hidden and they all pop up like they were going to, we don't care who we kill. Oh yeah. He had it down to a T. I mean, when he realized there was only four generators and not five, he's like, wait, what? Which was a great chopper moment. I don't notice if if you guys paid attention to that, but when chopper has that wheel down, he has to lean forward and he gets some serious speed on that one tread. Well, the thing that I enjoyed the most about chopper in this sequence was when he gets the, when he gets the guns from the fallen henchmen and I swear, you know, going back to, you know, what what is Chopper actually saying? I, I swear he said, let me introduce you to my little friend. 
Yeah, I, I heard similar. I'm like, say hello to my little friends. He goes charging through. I'm like, yes. And hearing other people hear that, because when I went back the second time, I'm like, did he say that? Because it says it so quick, you know? And no, there is that it. aspect of, like, if you're listening for it, you're going to hear it. So, <laughs> But, man, does he have horrible, horrible aim. He's just wildfiring. I mean, it's just, I guess he's just supposed to be providing cover for the others, but he's not doing a whole lot of good in terms of zapping, at least as far as as Morgan's. So he's able to, to zap a couple of henchmen, I guess, by the time it's over with we know we talk about whether or not as morgan was going to wind up turning on visago i'm thinking he was going to turn on him and maybe try to make visago his little slave boy in something slinky kind of like he was going to want to do with hera um only this time there's no trays around to smack him with i think as morgan could be a good bond villain because he's got a very elaborate way of executing hondo and ezra he's going to put him on this like what is it? The sled that launches things out of the uh, the bay? Yeah. That made no sense to me. I was trying to figure out what the heck that thing was supposed to be for. It's the murder ride, right? I mean, why else would you put that in there? You're ejecting trash or beings or enemies out into space. I mean, you know, the only thing I could think of is, you know how they launch gliders, you know, off the back of planes, kind of like, you know, they kind of give it a, a, a push you know, like a push start. Maybe that's what that's for. Other than that, it's a murder weapon. <laughs> I thought it was just a, a maglev that got out of control, but. No, it was programmed to do that. Yeah, because even before it winds up getting damaged, there's a point at which it launches one of the henchmen out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Hondo does that. Which, of and... course, nobody cares about because, eh, it's just a henchman. But there's there's that rebel's body count growing again. <laughs> <laughs> and what's also interesting that. I don't know. I, I guess I was a little surprised to see it from Hondo. He at one point saves Ezra. Ezra is about to get hit by so, uh, what is it, like a staircase on wheels or something that as Morgan pushes toward him. And Hondo knocks him out of the way. And as a result, Hondo gets thrown onto that maglev. Ah, yeah, that's right. That was his uh, noble moment. See, I don't see that as out of character for him at all, as crazy as it sounds, because there were so many moments in the Clone Wars where – that little bit of nobility shine through. So I think in the heat of the moment, he, he may have turned around later and been like, oh, I was such a hero, but I can't believe I did that. But it seems in keeping with the character in the moment of action. Yeah, it definitely seems like what Jack Sparrow would do. And clearly that's who Hondo's channeling. You know, one thing I wanted to talk about before we left this topic is the the spaceship, when they jump to get away from the Imperial frigate, I... I want to say forget it looked like a star destroyer, but it was more like the Republic cruiser ships in size. And it had those two giant turbo lasers on top, but I liked that it looked like the star destroyer, but it was clearly a much, much smaller ship than what we normally seen. Even on the clone wars, we've seen that ship before. We've yeah, but seen that ship both in the clone wars and we've seen that, sh that ship here. But that isn't the same style as the ones that we saw at the end of episode three when they were lifting off a of Coruscant, though, right? These were smaller than that, aren't they? You're thinking yeah, of much. two, but this, these are much smaller. Yeah, two, two. They, okay, so these were smaller because that was what I was surprised by was I, at first I thought they were bigger ships. But the turbo lasers, I was like, oh, okay, those are normal style because, you know, I played no, Battlefront like, so many times. <laughs> they're like light cruisers or something. They're like patrol craft. Yeah, I, th I thought that was a really cool little touch. I mean, they've really put a lot of investment into their space scenes, and, and it clearly shows all the way around. But once I saw the turbo lasers, that was what really dialed me into the size of that. I was like, okay. Yeah, it's called an Arquitans-class light cruiser. We saw it as far back as Grievous Intrigue, and it showed up in Rebel Resolve. Oh, nice. Yes, I had to look that up. I'm not that big a nerd, though my wife would disagree. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going kind of downhill. I mean, if we're talking about ships, they did a lot of uh, flashbacks. We have the Soro sub, uh, I guess it's oh, the, the Lady same Luck. thing as the Lady Luck. Yeah, as Morgan's ship. Yeah, there's uh, two of them here. Yeah, the you saw it first when Ezra takes off with the Phantom. And I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be the same ship or if it was supposed to be two different ones. Yeah, it's the uh, Luxury 3000 Space Yacht. I was wondering that too, Mark, if they were supposed to be the same ship or it was just they were reusing a model. But either way, I thought it was interesting to see that. We, I mean, we saw those back in the uh, Obi-Wan Undercover episodes of Clone Wars as well. 
Rako Hardeen's the name. <laughs> so we get to the end and we get this. We, we don't know exactly what the story is that Hondo has told about Ezra's apparent heroics and all, presumably assuming that, you know, maybe he's saying that Ezra is just lost or something because he's not expecting Ezra to just show up, apparently, though he does. But it's interesting that, well, one, of course, he doesn't wind up getting in trouble, but that well, we can get into that momentarily. But it seems like there's like a, a disconnect to me in the logic of this episode. At the beginning of the episode, it's Ezra is being torn between soldier training, Jedi training, and he has chores to do on the ship. And he's just tired of being pulled in so many directions that somehow he's decided maybe he doesn't even want to be a soldier or a Jedi. So he's frustrated and he leaves. By the end of the episode, we find that apparently, supposedly, he left to sort of go find himself. And now, he used to be a loner like Hondo, but now he has them. That wasn't the conflict that he had at the beginning of the episode. It was never, I don't want to be part of this crew, or I don't want to be with these people. It was, what is my path? Jedi soldier or something else? And that's not resolved at all. And yet, they end this episode with that nice, pat little, but I've got you guys. Yay! It's like a full house ending. And then it's over. It seemed to me that it didn't really resolve the central conflict of Ezra's character set up in the first few minutes of the episode. See, with that one, he struck out on his own. That was kind of the way I looked at it. You know, he didn't want to be the soldier. He didn't want to be a Jedi. So he took off. And as the adventure goes, I mean, more and more you see the choppers, the one, I mean, there's a, a moment where Hondo goes, what's the plan? And Ezra's like, the droid's got the plan. Uh, and I think at that moment, he realized that he can't really do it 100% on his own. He's still learning whether he wants to or not. He has to accept that. And he knows his place is with the rest of the group because he's just part of the cog now. Whereas before, before he met the crew of the ghost, he was that, you know, I could do it all. I'm the street rat ahead of the rest. You know, he was totally channeling Aladdin and he had all that Disney magic. The magic's gone. He's only got the force and he's not that trained. You know, the one thing that I found interesting was that, you know, when I stole my parents' car, I got in trouble. It, what is it with you guys and stealing your parents' I, I'm cars? Just saying, there's not a lot of cars to go around. And when there's <laughs> one, you know, when you're 16 and there's keys, you, you feel like it's okay, at least at the moment. But he doesn't get in any trouble. Is it because he brings back the generators? Does he even bring back any generators? He steals the ghost. He goes off with some pirate. He he just gets in some trouble. Uh, they, him and Kanan have a nice little talk and they go on to the next adventure. I, it's kind of try to wrap it up a little too quickly, but I still feel like there should be some sort of punishment or some sort of, what's to stop him from just taking the ghost whenever he wants now and, and go off and when he's feeling moody. I mean, he just didn't get any, any type of punishment, any type of talking to. We still don't know where Ahsoka's at. He didn't even bring back the Phantom, though, of course. Hondo had to bring back the Phantom. All the generators were on the Phantom. Chopper was on the Phantom. How did Ezra get back? He got stuck into an escape pod, you know, I hate children, and blasted out in the escape pod by Vizago. So unless that escape pod itself was able to make its way all the way back to Garel, how does he exactly get back? And, and that was weird, too, was that didn't Vizago was trying to kill him? Yeah, it's, and then all of a sudden he he launches him into a space pod because he doesn't have that droids. Was, that was weird. At one point, Visago is basically like, "Yeah, I'm just going to kill him," and then he's like, "No, I'm not going to kill him. Yeah, I'm going to kill him. No, I'm not going to kill him. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stuff him in a, an escape pod." As far as getting back to Garel, they were already headed back to Garel, and you know, during the whole fight between them, they came out of hyperspace at Garel. So uh, gotcha. apparently the escape pod that they're sent off in has amazing maneuverability and control and this is actually its ship on its own and is able to fly back exactly where Ezra wants it. I just assumed it was Chopper, though. I mean, anytime you play against the computer, it always kicks your butt because it can maneuver the little Mario brother better. But Chopper, well, well yeah, okay, Chopper was on it because he had, he had been kicked off the Phantom. I was thinking Chopper was aboard the Phantom with Hondo. Isn't this kind of like, to use you guys' analogy, you stole your parents' car. Somebody else steals the car from you while you're out, brings it back to your parents, 
and then someone not associated or someone who's like one of the bum's buddies happens to drive by and shoves you out the back door of the car onto the street? Welcome home, <laughs> son. It's all good. <laughs> On top of it all, Hera is the one that's like, oh, and Ezra got these generators. Uh, clearly the other shoe hasn't dropped. I mean, if Hera's the mom of this group, no mom is going to forgive this. No mom's going to forget this. And oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely, Mark. She's saving it up. She's going to wait. He's not going to know when. He's not going to know where. She's going to get him. Yeah, I mean, she put off, what, two weeks uh, before she made him go outside and start scrubbing the, the ship, which he didn't finish that. I mean, oh, she is going to beat on him. And wait until she sees the uh, paint scratches on the Phantom and the Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, notice uh, something a little bit different about the ghost is uh, the front of the ghost is painted with teeth now. You mean the phantom or the ghost? The phantom. The phantom. I, I, I had noticed uh, what's the, I got the new Hot Wheel figure of it, the little ship, and it's got like a mask in the front, which does look like teeth. And then there's another. The ghost has one lower, too, on it that looks like a kind of like a Nova star almost. But the one on the ghost or the Phantom, it looks almost like uh, the Gladiator uh, with Russell Crowe, that helmet from the side. I thought it was kind of an homage to the Republic gunships type of thing. Yeah. So unlike the one group of troopers in the story reel having Padme up on the side, next it's going to be like one of the, you know, maybe Ezra decides to take a liking to Sabine and, and draw her on the side or something and get himself really kicked out. And they have to, <laughs> they have to sit down. That's what it's going to be. Season two of rebels, the penultimate episode, not the finale, but the lead up to the finale is Ezra getting the birds and the bees speech. No, I could just see it though. I could see Ezra putting Sabine on one side and Sabine, her art side kicks in and gets mad. So she does like a pinup of Ezra on the other side. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be terrible either way. Have you seen her art? Terror. <laughs> She's no Chris Brown, let me tell you. So, in no, so, so wait, so in that case, does that mean that she's going to be the one that's going to be beating on Ezra, not Hera? <laughs> Man, that happened when he was so young. <laughs> Still happened. Get a brother, get All a right. break. So, I'm taking us, I'm taking us out. <laughs> in conclusion, I thought that this was a pretty funny episode, Jonathan. The only thing that I'm hoping for for the next couple episodes is now we're going to have to find out what's going on with Ahsoka. All right. Hera hasn't been on a mission in a while. She's been in the background of basically all four of these episodes. She really hasn't done much as far as, you know, she's no red shirt, but she needs to get on the ground sometimes, you know. So I'm hoping to see some more of Hera. I'm hoping to see what's going on with Ahsoka. I mean, they've been kind of dragging us along now with Ahsoka. So they need to really do something about that. I know from the previews of the season that Sabine's going to be going to Mandalore, or if she doesn't go to Mandalore, she's going to be dealing with Mandalorians. And I'm crossing my fingers she gets her jetpack, man. I'm hoping she gets her jetpack. I knew you were going to say that. We can't have an episode without Baron Jones for that jetpack. She's in a group of Mandalorians. She's talking about she's from uh, House... Stark, not House Stark, House Vez, Vesla. She, yeah, she's Vesla. from House Stark. You know, she, it's it's Arya and uh, Sansa and Sabine. Yeah, so she's House uh, House uh, Vizsla. They're gonna give her. Uh, I'm I'm sure she's gonna get her jetpack. I'm sure, but they need to bring something. They need to bring the pain in this next couple episodes. They need to bring it up. We know it'll be interesting to see. Because one of the guidebooks, as I recall, I have to go back and look and see which one. It may have been that absolutely everything you need to know or something. But I am almost positive that one of the guidebooks has told us who won the Mandalorian Civil War. And it's not who I would have expected to win it. We'll put it that way because of just what we're seeing here with Sabine. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out when they do finally bring us back. I'm just excited for next week because it seems like Hera is going to get some more screen time finally and get a chance to be at the forefront, and we get to see some Blade Wings, a.k.a. B-Wings, in action, I believe, next week or the following week, which should be pretty cool. Give us another episode that isn't, or at least doesn't seem like it's going to be, a, hey, everybody, here's a Clone Wars character back again. Don't you love us for bringing them back? Granted, the episodes haven't been bad, but you know, let's not just get Hera back in and figure out what's going on with Ahsoka, but let's get away from the Clone Wars 2.0 thing for a bit because they're really pushing that every week. They're pushing it further and further. 
And pretty soon it's going to be very hard to defend this show as not being, to at least a large degree for Season 2, a Clone Wars 2.0 approach, which is not what they're trying to do by even what Mark said from Celebration. What's weird is is Ahsoka's an odd duck because she was introduced as Fulcrum, who was clearly a character for Rebels, and they were like, hey, well, she'll be perfect. And so now that character has become Ahsoka. And so it's Clone Wars 2.0 by guilt by association in that regard. But the Empire, I don't think the Empire knows that Ahsoka is Fulcrum. So even though they're hunting her down and at some point I would expect some kind of conclusion, whether she tucks tail and fakes her own death, but either she lives or she dies in the Empire's mind, something's going to have to happen with Fulcrum. I mean, maybe we'll find out that someone else takes over Fulcrum's name or something. I mean, there's definitely some angles there that I've been thinking about a lot with so many of these Clone Wars characters showing back up. And, And Ahsoka's the odd duck because she wasn't originally thought of to be Ahsoka when they first created that character. And then Filoni was talking about, well, when they thought about who should it be, it was a no brainer. And it was like, well, it's odd that she was created for the show before they decided to make it be Ahsoka. Well, in any case, I'm, I'm hopeful for the next couple of weeks, uh, judging what we saw in the preview, but haven't seen in the episodes yet. I know we've got B wings coming up and I'm excited to see those and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But until that time, I want to thank you guys for joining The Rebellion. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. Rebels Roundtable is hosted by Jonathan, Barrent, Jen, Nathan, Mark, and Dan. Interact with us online at facebook.com slash rebelsroundtable or on Twitter at rebelsround. Also, be sure to visit... ...table team is proud to carry on the legacy of Venganza Media's Republic Forces Radio Network podcast. We invite you to visit republicforces.com's archive section to hear many of the... Network at StarWarsReport.com. Star Wars Rebels. Hello. Hello. Okay, there we go. So there's one. Oh, one podcaster. Uh, uh, uh. Two podcasters. <laughs> so how about that Skype call recorder? <laughs> you know, you know, the last feedback episode, I had said something stupid, classic Mark, and, and you in the background. I'm like, here it starts. I wanted to leave it. I looked for ways to bleep over it, but I had to put it in the bloopers. <laughs> nice. And then in the end, you're like, I'm still trying to figure out how in the what the hell that meant. <laughs> so uh, that's what I was going to ask. Can can Jonathan bleep out certain things? Because some things are just you know need to be cut out, but chopper is really on one this episode um, he's cussing up a storm what the f- something like that uh, actually, actually I what said, i say think hello to my little friend i know that's what he said when, when he picked up the two blasters i was like oh yeah mm-hmm. i was even listening it. for that and didn't happen to notice it but okay he said say hello to my little friend i got that one and then uh when Hera tells him that he has to help, uh, you know, uh, Kane yes. or what's it, Ezra clean up. Yeah. He says, I didn't even do nothing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> or some shit.
says it two times. Uh, two times. <laughs> Chopper is like the 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 thirty to forty year old, and <laughs> it's it's bad. It's bad. And then when they see uh, Visago's chip. Like that. I mean, <laughs> if you hear it like that, I didn't he is completely cussing out. I, you did? I personally think Barrett is projecting a little bit. No, no, no. Little I can play you back. Just I have, I'm with you, Barrett. <laughs> but I then again, you know my mind. Right, hold on. Hold on. I've got it right here. That's fucked up. <laughs> watch, 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 watch. All right, I'm going to play it for you. I asked you to prune the ions going off the fancy Twice, but I had Jedi practice and blaster practice. Well, now you have scrubbing practice. <laughs> what are watch. you laughing at? Uh uh, you're gonna help him. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. The fuck are we doing? <laughs> Did you hear that? I think you. I think it's one of those things you hear what you, you hear. What hear what you want to hear. He says, "What the fuck are we doing?" Oh, we're, yes, we're, he, we're, does. he does. And then he says, "I didn't do anything." That's fucked up. <laughs> I'm, clean. I'm like, wow. It's like really apparent that he's cussing. How, what about so the Vizag- you're the Ezra of the group? You're the first one to start to understand him. <laughs> That must make me Sabine. Okay, let me let me play. Okay, I got one more one more thing to play where he they're going up on the ship. He says, "All right, we're fucked." Fucked up. I think you're like you're like working from the starting point. That's at least one word has to be fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and everything else gets built around that. And it, and it works. This one, I think you've got your blooper reel. Yeah, I think we got the bloopers. I got to figure it. <laughs> well, you're the one adding the little sound effects, though. So you get to be the one to add in the little bleeps. Unless I get fine. If you if you put it in its place, I'll add the bleeps. I'll put it at the end. Yes. Yes. Wow. Ash. All right, guys. Hi, guys. I'd like you to meet Barrent. He is fucked up. <laughs> Can anyone hear the dryer in the background? No. no. Sweet. Now I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that yes. timing was fortuitous. <laughs> yes. You guys didn't restart the call like I suggested, did you? No, because Jonathan <laughs> said, let's just wait and see if it fixes itself. Yeah, it fixed you good. Yeah, well. It's like, it's like my cat looking down where his balls used to be going, yeah, you fixed me nice. <laughs> That's just a good psychologist. <laughs> See, no, that's an yeah, going, and kills I don't want to have to splice two calls together. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Why not? It's it's just two files. I just stick one on the end of the other one. What the? Uh, Want to splice two calls together? The fuck! (laughs) What if I put them on backwards? (laughs) There you go. There you go. All of a sudden, it would start with a bunch of like cussing for no reason. Wait, it always does. It always does. Our calls always. funny one when everybody answers the call with well it'd be it'd be like cloud city casino in case you missed it i i sh- <laughs> so whatever but okay let me How kill it long have re- you been doing that gonna, that was the best part gonna kill it and restart it okay You're welcome, Jonathan. Anytime. Okay. And until. <laughs> Did he just say? 
long live the rebellion. I like that. Short and sweet, yeah. Jonathan. It's like Barrett hasn't been here for the last. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, for real. <laughs> My uh, free I, uh, Skype recorder program that we just had crashed. It crashed. Man. Mine's fine so far. Thank God. Thank God. What? So, what? Uh, I know it's. What operating system are you using? You guys are at, and we're done. Windows. So which kind? Which the older Windows? Uh, punch seven. you in the nuts. What? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm using Windows, man. <laughs> which Which Windows? Windows Seven. Okay. Are you still Jared, Jonathan? Good lord. Okay. Jonathan's not here. He took I'm, a break. I'm out, guys. I, Jonathan's yeah. leaving. He's like no, punch I'm, in the nuts. Right. I'm done. All right. So <laughs> later, guys. Will you please stop talking? <laughs>